0: Welcome to Real Estate U with Leslie Ann.
1: Here we are. I am with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Bill Marcy. So for those of you in the Kansas City metropolitan area who are homeowners, uh, you likely know or have heard of Glenn Marcy and Son. So we are with Bill Marcy today, the uh, iconic Great Reputation Foundation Repair Specialist. So Bill, thank you so much for being here. Sure. Yeah, good. So um, how did your family business start? And when did it start?
0: Well, it started in uh, 1910 uh, with my grandfather, who I named after. His name was Bill. And uh, up through the 20s and 30s, they primarily moved houses and then built stone foundations under them. Most foundations back in that period uh, were stone. And we've always been partial to stone foundations.
1: Oh, well, tell me, what do you mean they moved houses? Tell me about that. Like that pick, pick, picking them up off yeah, the...
0: Yeah. Wow. The, jacking them up and uh, on the, and putting them on cribbing and then moving them, you know, from one location to another and then building uh, stone foundations under them at that time.
1: So you said you were partial to stone, I mean, your grandpa was partial to stone foundations? How come? That's
0: about all they had back then. There were some uh, real old concrete foundations dating back into the early 1900s, uh, and a few block, but uh, most of the houses back then had stone foundations, and uh, stone typically are 18 inches wide, and they tend to withstand the hydrostatic pressure better over time than, uh, a lot better than block, and and in a lot of cases, better than the concrete.
1: Wow, I mean that's uh, that's news to me. I wouldn't think that a stone foundation would be uh, the the best to hold up. Like, what do you, what is what do you put in between the stone to help with the? Sp-
0: well, the width, eighteen inches wide. Most okay. concrete foundations, uh, which is about all uh, they have built since the early fifties here, was uh, mostly eight inch concrete foundations and. Stone are 18 inches wide, so they're just. Uh, they're, of course, they're not reinforced, but but because of the width and the weight of them, they they tend to withstand the hydrostatic pressure over time uh, better than uh, concrete and a lot better than the block.
1: But does water- one most
0: stone foundations don't have concrete footings under them? Although some of the the larger, more expensive homes or stone foundations have footings, but most of the just the normal size. Houses, uh, they're stone foundations, no, with no foot, concrete footings under them, but still, uh, over time, they just they just tend to hold up better than anything else.
1: So, um, your grandfather, he did he do a lot of work uh, in and around the plaza area, and maybe the Mission Hills area, and the Northeast, and those types of foundations.
0: Yes, well, they kind of worked all over. Dad said uh, they're back, I think, in the 30s, they did some work. Uh, they did some stone retaining walls, I think, up at Lake Quivira, some of which I think are still up there. There's a lot of stone uh, retaining walls and stone foundations up there on the older houses.
1: Do you ever get calls and go, oh my goodness, my grandfather? Put this foundation in. Do, you, do I mean, you ever gone to a, a house and say, uh, "I think, I think uh, my dad was here"? Or
0: um, well, I uh, we my dad's been gone since 1993. He passed away in '93, and uh, we get we get calls on uh, some of the houses that Dad worked on back in the '50s uh, and '60s. Of course, I've been, I've been working full time since 1964.
1: And, you know, you have a great reputation. So I want to say uh, Bill is talking about his dad. So the company's name is Glenn Marcy and & Son. And Glenn, double N, G-L-E-N-N, as you'll see on the screen here, uh, that's the name of the company. Although uh, I sometimes slip and go, hi, Vicki, is Glenn available? But I really mean you. Um, and um so, uh, tell us. There's so many things that homeowners can do that maybe they're not aware of to maybe to prevent some foundation situations. What what are some of the things homeowners can do? Let us tell us, Bill.
0: Well, I guess the very first thing is uh, clean the gutters more than once or twice a year. So many of the houses I look at after we have these heavy rains uh, and people get water in uh, sometimes for the first time. Uh, that's a, a lot of times I go out and the, and the gutters are clogged up and running over. or The downspout extensions are, are, are not on uh, or the downspouts uh, aren't extended out far enough. And then the other thing is the, a lot of people let the, the dirt around the foundation get too low. The grade, or the perimeter grade get too low and they don't uh, regrade You know, at, at times when they need to. Of course, a lot of the older houses... Uh, the majority of the older houses built back in the, from the 50s on up into the 90s or so, uh, so many of those houses are setting too low in the ground to get really proper drainage away from the foundations. A lot of the houses we work on built in the 50s and 60s, the top of the foundations are just sometimes just a few inches or six inches or so above the ground level
1: and that's not enough and that
0: that's not conducive for good proper drainage you know away from the foundation uh, most engineers like to see at least a, a 1 inch per foot drop away from the foundation out 5 to 6 feet uh, so if you're bringing the dirt out 5 or 6 feet it should be at least 5 or 6 inches higher at the foundation if possible and still uh, have at least 4 to 6 inches of clearance between the siding or brick and the and the ground level but most of the older houses we work on, you really can't do that without digging swales out so far.
1: So I'm going to rewatch this episode and we're not even done yet because I want to take notes. I mean, this is some incredible stuff that people just either aren't aware of until it's too late. Um, The only advice when people ask me if I have foundation advice, I say, if you don't have a sprinkler system, water your foundation. Is that a a good thing?
0: That's, that's critical, especially here as dry as we get at times in the summers. Um, you, why, don't, why you don't have that? to have a sprinkling system. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. But yeah. soaker hoses laid around the foundation and used at least several times a week. I, I water mine in dry weather for sometimes two or three hours at a time, three or four days a week.
1: Wow, every week and, and Soaker time. hoses
0: laid out up anywhere from a foot to a foot and a half or two feet out. And, and in some cases, it's a good idea to to put double soaker hoses out so you can water up to the foundation and then out further.
1: So tell everyone why it's important or almost imperative to water your foundation, especially in dry dry periods, even in the winter, right? In dry times? Is that <laughs> Well, you
0: can a, water in the winter if I mean, it's if above, above freezing, freeze, That's what but I mean, most sprinkling f- systems here shut down in the right. winter. So uh, you can't true. really water in the winter unless you supplement with soaker hoses if you want to. Water, but uh, but normally it does get drier in the winter. Uh, not as dry as it does through the summer, but unless we get a lot of snow, a lot of problem, people have problems in the winter if we haven't had much snow moisture through the winter.
1: And the why behind the watering is the drier it gets, the the dirt pulls away. Well, but I, dirt, I'm not the expert. Yeah,
0: this clay soil tends to shrink excessively when it dries out.
1: Creating a like a gap Just, around the foundation. Yeah,
0: and then, you know, in the opposite, when it gets, you know, wet, it, expand, it expands. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so many foundation issues. Um, of course... That's why the grade is so important uh, to run the, you know, try to get the water to drain away, but it's equally as important in dry weather to water around the foundation. Uh, Most engineers recommend usually up to two inches per week around the foundation.
1: So if someone were curious if their foundation needed, uh, you know, the the dirt, the grade around their home needed uh, regraded, who might they call to just check the grade? Would they call you? Or would they call? Um,
0: We do quite a bit of that with our other work. Uh, A lot of times, if they they just need dirt, sometimes we're pretty, you know, too busy during the the summer months. A lot of times, just to do grading, we're we're so busy generally with structural issues, and we do a lot of epoxy injection, you know, on concrete foundations. So, but we do uh, quite a bit of grading in conjunction a lot of times with our other work. But a lot of landscape companies do that, do the grading also.
1: But they may not know the exact, uh, all the measurements and things that you had just mentioned about, you know, so many inches per feet and and all of that.
0: Okay. Well, I'm sure some of them do, and maybe some of them don't.
1: Um, Finished basements. So uh, oftentimes I would think that, uh, you know, regular, you know, we see water in our unfinished part of our basement. But then there's times when there, you have a finished basement uh, and people are starting to notice maybe the carpet's wet or the floor is moving or uh, what, what, what's happening there? What, what do you see there?
0: Yeah, we get a lot of calls after these heavy rains uh, from people with finished basements. And the first thing, that's the first thing I, wife or I, I ask or my wife, Vicki, asks when she takes the calls typically, but is the basement finished or unfinished? Of course, if it's unfinished, it's pretty obvious how the water coming in. It's either coming through cracks and running down the wall onto the floor, or it's coming underneath the wall, and these concrete foundations particularly underneath the wall and up between the wall and the floor, and sometimes up through the floor cracks. Um, but in a finished area, you can't tell the difference. And sometimes people will say, well, we pulled the carpet back, and it's on the floor. But unless you can see the wall and see if it's actually running down the wall onto the floor... You really can't say for sure, you know. If it's leaking through cracks, they can be epoxy injected. But if it's coming underneath and up, uh, the first, the next question is, do you have a sump pump? And then the next question after that, if they, if you have a sump pump, is well, how close is that sump pump to where the water's coming in? If it's coming between the wall and the floor, usually it's more often than not it's on the opposite side of the basement. So. In some cases, that that uh, requires a second sump pump. A lot of houses we work on and that we've worked on over the years, have uh, we've had to put a second and sometimes a third sump pump in, on, especially on bigger basements, where they have a lot of water coming around the, the perimeter.
1: When a builder installs a sump pump, how does he or she know where the most appropriate place to put it would be? That's You're laughing. That must be an You must be like, why did that builder put that sump pump there?
0: We wonder the same thing sometimes <laughs> on some of these older houses and some of the newer ones once in a while as to why they put the sump pump where they did. But on the older homes built back in the, from the late forties on up into the mid to late seventies, particularly, well, all over the Kansas City area, but uh, particularly in the Johnson County area, um, uh, it was legal in that period of time to connect the foundation drain systems into the sanitary sewer system.
1: Is that a known? that
0: After they got so many houses built and dumping groundwater into the sanitary sewer system, they had a lot of problems with the sanitary sewers getting overloaded and causing backups into basements. So over the years, Johnson County Wastewaters has had a program ongoing, I mean, for a long time, and I think still to this day, uh, where they will come in and inspect the, the house, and if, if the houses are still connecting their drain systems into the sanitary system, uh, they put sump pumps in and pay for it. I think that's still ongoing at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've done a lot of those over the years, but there's still a lot of houses that are still... Uh, connected into the sanitary sewer system with their drain systems. But that became illegal in the late 70s. And from that point on, uh, they've been required to put uh, sump pumps in and then pump the water out on the ground and not into the sanitary sewer system.
1: So if you like what you're seeing here, please uh, follow and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Letty Ann and Associates Real Estate Services. And if you're watching on Facebook, please like what you're seeing and say hi to Bill. And uh, he's a wealth of information. Like I said, he's an icon here in his family in the, in the Kansas City metropolitan area as the foundation specialist. And I'm saying that because I've used Glenn Marcy and son. Uh, I've met Bill probably 20 years ago. And what I love about what Bill does, and I'll tell you, Bill, is you're always an honest engine. You know, I, I encourage as a realtor, I encourage people to get two to three bids from from contractors for whatever they're having done. And uh, I do the same thing. And uh, on a house 15 years ago in Redbridge, I had gotten three bids for my home. And the first two were uh, French drain systems, $8,000 and $10,000. And Here comes Bill and he said, all you need, I need to, you know, I don't know what it's called, Bill, but uh, under the fireplace in the basement and the unfinished part, you just cut out the concrete, you put in some stone and you put you laid stone around the clay tile of the house. It wasn't because it was already there. So you allowed a place for the water to go. And it it was uh, a fourth of the cost of what they wanted to sell me. And I really felt like the first two people really didn't even understand what the problem was. They just wanted to put in a $10,000 system that really I didn't need. And, you know, after your folks left that house and finished the work, no, we had no more water in that unfinished part. So anyway, I uh, always recommend you because you're honest and you know what you're talking about. You have decades of experience. Um, Also, um, what was I going to ask you? Sorry. Producer just gave me the five-minute warning and, and threw me for a loop. Um, what's the craziest thing you've seen, Bill, with the foundation? Any dead bodies? any Anything crazy? <laughs> oh,
0: well, as far as foundations go, uh, we've done a lot of work over the years, probably, I would think, more than anybody other company in Prairie Village with the bl- houses with the block foundations that J. C. Nichols built there right after World War II. Um, and those block foundations, of course, none of those were reinforced at all. And uh they were really susceptible to the hydrostatic pressure, uh, causing the walls to push in and buckle. And uh, a couple of uh, jobs that we uh couldn't get to uh, some in some case in both those cases soon enough. Um the uh, front walls collapsed and the front porches fell into the into, on the basement floor before we could get to it, you know, to to set jacks under it. Fortunately, the house, it, you can lose part of a wall under a house like that, and it really doesn't affect the upstairs that much. Uh, if, you, if it's just part of a wall or even a half of a wall or more, Um mm-hmm. uh, Sometimes we, uh, when we've removed just parts of, of these, some of these block walls in uh, in Prairie Village, sometimes we don't even have to set a jack. But if you get over about twenty twenty five feet, normally it's a good idea to shore it <laughs> with jacks. We still use the same uh, jacks that they used to use, uh, move houses with back in the twenties and thirties. The old screw the, type the jacks, pole. yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah with
1: the pole. Yeah. Um, I, I have a few questions, so. Um, is it uh, true that if you have a walkout basement, is it is it a myth or is it true that one wouldn't need a sump pump in a walkout basement?
0: Well, normally they don't put sump pumps in walkouts um, because of the grade. You're already like this. yeah. In most cases, in most cases, those have the drain systems on the outside, and now I'm talking about the little bit newer houses. Okay. Um, for some reason, in the uh, when they switched from blocks and stone in the in the late 40s and very early around 1950 51, from 50 about 51 or so, from that point on, all the foundations here, most 99 are, percent, are poured concrete. And for some reason, they they switched to the the drain systems from the outside, which most all the block foundations, uh, the old clay tile drain systems, are on the outside perimeter. And and then uh, when they switch to the concrete uh, the, on the inside, the system, a drain system is more effective if it's on the outside to begin with. That's where the water pressure is building up. So uh, we, uh, we've had to, over the years, we've had to replace a lot of those clay tile systems. We've always replaced the system on the outside if we're replacing a block wall. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we replace it with the four inch perforated plastic pipe, which they finally started using in the seventies. <laughs> <70s. laughs> yeah, it's much yeah, more yeah, effective yeah. at water getting into the system. The old clay tile systems, those individual tiles are 12 inches long, four inches in diameter. Uh, they're not perforated. And it's hard for the water to get into the system, whether it's on the inside or the outside. It can only seep in every joint, every 12 inches. So we have we have to improve uh, those existing systems, primarily on the inside, on the older concrete foundations. A lot of times where you're getting water bleeding in between the wall and the floor, you already have a drain system under most of those. It's just not as efficient as it can be. And that's why I think that's probably what we did on that house uh, for you you were talking about, where we had to open part of the floor up. And uh, we do still do a lot of that where we replace sections of the old clay tile that's not perforated mm-hmm. with the four-inch perforated plastic pipe, and it makes it much more efficient. And and, uh, and then generally, you're not getting the bleed out between the wall and the floor because it's easier for the water to get into the system once it gets underneath the floor.
1: There's so much to know, and um, <clears throat> i I hope your I hope Glenn Marcy and Son continues on and on. My last question, I wish we had more time, but my last question is when you get a call and you know it's in a certain area of town, when do you get excited and your like heart's like, oh, I can't wait to see that basement? Or like what what's what what excites you the most because you've been doing this for so long? Do you prefer going to the older homes and really trying to doctor what's happening? Or do you like the advice you give to homeowners that are generally clueless or
0: well, I, I, a lot of times I know when I, we get calls from certain parts of town, uh, basically what the problem is you know, in a lot <laughs> you are, of cases. You already know before you go. <laughs> yeah, we've been around so long. And uh, uh, of course, in the older part of Prairie Village, of course, most of those are block foundation houses. And a lot of those, of course, they're tearing down a lot of those now and and. Uh, building, uh, you know, bigger houses, much larger houses, with of course with concrete. But they're not building. Yeah,
1: they're not building on existing, right? They're taking the whole foundation yeah. out and pouring uh, new.
0: A number of them we've worked on are, are they're much bigger houses now.
1: Okay, I see. Um, yeah. And I'm when I say homeowners clueless, I'm simply saying that often people are if it's not broke, you know, we why look into it or fix it until there's a, a problem, right? But who would have thought there's foundation preventative maintenance, right? And and the watering, you just said two to three hours per week. And then you said, you know, clean out your gutters two to three times a season. Is that right? Well, at
0: least. Depends on how many trees you have around. uh,
1: All very important. And then downspout, uh, the extenders on the downspouts, get the water away from the house. But then you need to water it when it's dry. So Exactly. Yep. Got to keep your eye on it. So, Bill, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, I know Kansas City uh, appreciates you and I do as well. So, Thank you all for watching and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Real Estate You with Letty Ann.